0: Section 4 of The Pearl Fountain and Other Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Lee. The Pearl Fountain and Other Fairy Tales by Bridget and Julia Kavanagh. Sunbeam and her White Rabbit. Sunbeam was so-called because she had golden hair that flowed round her face and made it as bright as the sun on a summer morning. No one could see her and not feel glad, and when she went to the village on an errand for her father and mother, who lived a little way off, everyone welcomed her, and it was, "'Good morning to you, Sunbeam.' "'How are you, Sunbeam?' or, "'I am so glad to see you, Sunbeam.' And yet Sunbeam was only a poor man's child." Her parents lived in a little cottage in a wild waste place, almost surrounded by rocks. Sunbeam was fond of climbing up there, and as she sat amongst the wild flowers, she liked to watch the bees looking for honey. She was not afraid of them, and they knew her quite well and liked to see her there. Sunbeam was sitting thus one day with the bees around her when a big bee said to her, "'Would you not like to stay with us, Sunbeam?' It is very pleasant up here with the wild thyme and the bluebells and all that. Yes, it must be nice, replied Sunbeam, but you see I must go home to father and mother. Well, I suppose you must, said the bee, after considering a while. I don't remember my father myself, but I was very fond of my mother, as nice an old bee as ever you saw, Sunbeam, and the best mother in the world. But as I said, it is very pleasant up here, "'and we have a very good hive in that old oak, "'and plenty of honey in it, I can tell you.' "'Yes, it must be pleasant in the old oak tree,' "'answered Sunbeam. "'But then how could I get in?' "'I am afraid you are too large,' "'answered the bee, after looking at Sunbeam. "'Well, never mind, my dear. "'It is no sin to be big, and we like you all the same.' "'Thank you,' said Sunbeam. "'But what noise is that which I hear below?' Oh, that is the giant hunting. He is a dreadful man. He spoils all our flowers with his hounds and horses. I cannot endure the sight of him. So saying, the bee flew away in a pet. Sunbeam looked down in the plain below her and watched the giant riding by on his big black horse. He looked so terrible and he was so tall that Sunbeam felt quite afraid of him and hid low among the rocks lest he should see her but he did not, for the giant, the huntsman, and the hounds were all pursuing a poor grey rabbit and her young one, who was white as milk. The grey rabbit flew across the plain and was caught and killed, but the little white rabbit climbed up the rocks and jumped right into Sunbeam's lap. She took him in her arms and ran home with him, and the giant, the huntsman, and the hounds were so glad to have caught the grey rabbit that they never missed the white one. Sunbeam was very fond of her white rabbit. She made him a bed of moss and fern and worked him a pretty red collar and a pair of red garters, which she put on him every morning. She took him with her whenever she went to sit among the bees in the rocks. Indeed, the bees and the white rabbit became very good friends. They did not mind his skipping about and kindly gave him up the wild thyme to nibble when they had sucked and done with it. When Sunbeam went to the village, the white rabbit followed her, walking very nicely on his hind legs, and Sunbeam and her white rabbit became a byword, for you never saw the one without also seeing the other. So sure as Sunbeam appeared with her golden hair, so sure the white rabbit was behind her. Now it so happened that the giant, who was getting old, could not go out hunting any more, and fell into very low spirits. He had heard of Sunbeam and her white rabbit, and he thought he would like to have her. "'I find that this castle of mine is getting very dark,' he said to his wife. "'Go and fetch me Sunbeam. I am sure she will make it quite bright again with her golden hair. I shall also like to put my hands through it and see if it is gold. Besides, she has got a white rabbit, who will skip about the room and make me laugh, for I have heard that he walks on his hind legs.' and he can dance, I dare say, and when I am tired of him, I can have him dished up for my supper. The giant's wife was a good woman, but she was mortally afraid of her husband, and would not have disobeyed him for the world. She went at once to the little cottage in which Sunbeam's parents lived, and she said to them quite politely, for she was a very civil lady, If you please, where is Sunbeam? May it please your ladyship, Sunbeam is out. "'answered Sunbeam's father. "'Ah, well,' said the giant's wife. "'Send her round to me as soon as she comes home. "'My husband finds that his castle is getting very dark, "'and he is sure Sunbeam will make it quite bright again "'with her golden hair. "'He will also like to put his hands through it "'and see if it is gold. "'Besides, Sunbeam has got a white rabbit "'who will skip about the room and make him laugh, "'for he has heard that he walks on his hind legs,' and he can dance, I dare say. But the giant's wife said nothing about having the white rabbit dished up for the giant's supper. The parents of Sunbeam were in sad distress at having to give her up to the giant, but they did not dare to say no. They knew besides that it would be of no use, for if the giant had set his mind on having Sunbeam, why have her he would. They promised to send her up to the castle when she came home, and on that promise The giant's wife left them. When Sunbeam came home that evening, her mother had not the heart to send her to the castle. "'Let us keep her this one night more,' she said to her husband, and he answered, "'Yes, let us keep her this one night more.' "'Sunbeam,' said her mother to her, "'you must get up early tomorrow. The giant is ill, and you will have to take some new-laid eggs to the castle.' "'Very well, mother,' answered Sunbeam. She did not mind going to the castle if the giant was ill, for she made sure that she should not see him. Sunbeam slept in a little cot, and the white rabbit's bed of moss and fern was close to it. They both went to bed as usual, and Sunbeam soon fell fast asleep, but the white rabbit did not. Towards midnight, when everything was very quiet in the cottage, he got up on Sunbeam's bed and gently scratched her face with his paw. Sunbeam woke at once, and saw him in the moonlight, which was shining brightly through the window. "'Well,' said Sunbeam, "'what is it? Are you thirsty? Shall I give you a drink?' "'I am not thirsty, thank you,' answered the white rabbit. "'But don't talk so loud, Sunbeam, for I've got something to tell you. "'If you take new-laid eggs to the giant's castle tomorrow, the giant will keep you. "'He finds his castle getting very dark.' and he is sure you will make it quite bright again with your golden hair. He will also like to put his hands through it, and see if it is gold. He wants me to skip about the room and make him laugh, for he has heard that I can walk on my hind legs, and he fancies I can dance, and when he is tired of me, he can have me dished up for his supper. For the white rabbit could not merely talk, he also knew everything. Oh, what shall we do? said poor Sunbeam, who began to cry. I shall die with fright if the giant puts his hands through my hair to see if it is gold, and I shall break my heart if he has you dished up for his supper. Don't cry, Sunbeam, said the white rabbit, but do as I bid you. Get up as soon as it is dawn, and open the door as softly as you can. We will go to the rocks and hide there, and take my word for it the giant shall not find us. Sunbeam did as the white rabbit told her. She got up as soon as it was dawn dressed herself, put the white rabbit's red collar and garters upon him, and opened the door as softly as she could. Neither Sunbeam's father nor her mother heard her, and Sunbeam and the white rabbit went up to the rocks together, and hid there with the bees. Sunbeam told them her trouble, and asked them to hide her and the white rabbit, but the big bee answered, We would hide you if we could, Sunbeam, for we like you but you are too large to get into our hive in the oak, you know. That is very true, said poor Sunbeam, crying. I wish I were not so big. Don't cry, Sunbeam, said the white rabbit. It will all end well. Take my word for it. Well, when the father and mother of Sunbeam awoke and found that Sunbeam and her white rabbit were gone, they were in sad trouble, for they thought how angry the giant would be And he was in a fine way indeed, and sent all his dogs and all his men to fetch Sunbeam. Mind you, bring me back Sunbeam, growled the giant as he sent them, and her white rabbit as well. I want to hang him with one of his own red garters. Neither the dogs nor the men could find Sunbeam and her white rabbit at the cottage. They are with the bees, said one man. Let us go and look for them up in the rocks. Now when Sunbeam heard the dogs and saw the men coming for her, she wrung her hands and cried bitterly. "'Oh, what shall I do if they get me?' sobbed poor Sunbeam. "'I would rather be that bee than go to that wicked giant's castle and have him putting his hands through my hair to see if it was gold.' "'Would you?' said the white rabbit. "'And what should I be, then?' "'Why—' "'You could be that pretty little ant close by.' "'Well, the dogs now smelt the white rabbit "'and began to bark, "'and the men saw Sunbeam "'and cried out to one another, "'There she is! "'We have got her!' "'But when they came up to the spot "'where Sunbeam had been, "'the child was gone, "'and all they saw was a little golden bee "'humming above the wild thyme. "'I'll kill that bee!' said one of the men in a rage, but just as he was going to fling his cap at the poor little bee, an ant stung his foot, so that he screamed with pain. Up and down among the rocks went the dogs and the men, but neither Sunbeam nor her white rabbit did they find, and the giant had to do without them. The father and mother of Sunbeam were very glad that she had escaped, but they wondered what had become of her. They were afraid she was hungry, and they went and looked for her among the rocks with some bread and milk in a basket, which Sunbeam's mother carried. But no Sunbeam with her white rabbit did they see, and when they called her, no answer did they get. Then Sunbeam's mother began to cry. "'I am afraid our little Sunbeam is lost,' said she. "'I am afraid she is,' answered her husband. "'Yet let us hope, wife. "'The white rabbit is very clever. "'He will take care of her.' "'When they were tired-looking, "'they went home and went to bed, "'for it was night, "'and each dreamed of Sunbeam that night. "'Wife,' said Sunbeam's father, "'when he woke the next morning, "'I dreamed that I saw our Sunbeam "'among the rocks, "'sucking the wild flowers, "'and the white rabbit was with her. "'Yes,' said his wife, "'And she was saying, "'I wish I had some honeysuckle.' "'And the white rabbit answered, "'Tell your father to get you some.' "'Then I will,' said Sunbeam's father. "'He took some honeysuckle from his little garden "'and set it among the rocks, "'and the next night both he and his wife dreamed of Sunbeam, "'and they saw her sucking the honeysuckle "'and laughing and looking as bright as ever. "'Well, days, weeks, and months passed.' and nothing was seen or heard of Sunbeam. Her father and her mother dreamed of her every night, and she looked so happy that they became comforted, the more so that the giant was always sending his wife to know if Sunbeam had come back, because he found his castle getting darker and darker, and he wanted Sunbeam more than ever. "'Better to have our Sunbeam anywhere than with the giant,' said Sunbeam's father. "'Aye, better indeed,' said his wife." They both died when Sunbeam had been gone seven years. The giant's wife died too, and the giant, who was more wicked than ever, was left alone with his grandson the prince. He was called the prince because his mother had been a princess. He was a very handsome young man, rather tall, but not a giant, and as good as his grandfather was wicked. The giant, not having been able to get Sunbeam with her golden hair, had got together all the gold he could lay his hands on instead. But though he had so much gold that his castle was almost full, he found it getting darker and darker every day. "'I have not gold enough,' said the giant. "'But how am I to get more? I am too old to fight now, and the giantess, who has twice as much gold as I have, would not marry me. Perhaps she would marry Prince, and come and live here,' "'and bring all her gold with her.' "'The giant went and asked the giantess, "'who was his fifth cousin, "'if she would marry his grandson "'and bring her gold with her. "'The giantess lived in a castle hard by "'and received her cousin very kindly. "'She agreed to marry Prince, "'though she found him rather short. "'But then,' said she, "'we can put him upon stilts, "'and you will bring all your gold.' said the giant to be sure i will replied the giantess and tell prince to get a pair of stilts and practice walking with them so that he may be quite steady on the wedding day the giant went home and asked for prince but the young man was out where is he growled the giant mate please your giant ship answered one of his men prince is up in the rocks prince goes there every day does he? said the giant, with a big frown. Well, tell him to come and speak to me as soon as he comes in. Prince was up in the rocks, as the man had told the giant. He liked nothing so well as being there, for as he sat resting there one day, he had amused himself with watching a little yellow bee, as bright as gold and very pretty, that went about humming among the flowers, and what struck Prince much was that wherever the bee went, a little brown ant followed and went too. When he came again to the rocks a few days after this, Prince saw the golden bee and its little brown ant again, and, indeed, day after day he saw these two, and they knew him as well as he knew them. One morning the bee was humming around his head when Prince said to it, "'Come on my hand, bee,' Immediately, the little golden bee alighted on his finger, whilst the ant stood still under a blade of grass and waited. Prince was very much pleased to see the bee so friendly. I wish you could talk, bee, he said, and tell me what I could do to please you. But the bee only gave a little hum, and after a while flew away. Immediately, the ant moved on, and soon the two were gone. Now... This happened the very same day on which the giant went to see the giantess. "'Where have you been?' growled the giant, as soon as the prince came in. "'I have been to the rocks,' answered prince. "'Well, then, you will not go there tomorrow, growled the giant again. "'You will have to go and court the giantess, whom you are going to marry, and, mind you, get a nice pair of stilts in order not to be too short for her.' Marry the giantess, cried Prince, in a rage at the thought. Never. And I say you shall marry her, growled the giant. He was always growling, since he had lost his teeth. But why should I marry her? asked Prince. Because she has ever so much gold, and that I want gold, answered the giant. Gold is yellow, and I like it. "'And I saw a yellow bee today in the rocks,' answered Prince. "'It was as yellow as gold, and I like it.' "'A bee,' sneered the giant. "'Perhaps you want to marry that bee.' "'I would rather marry her any day than the giantess,' answered Prince, quite angry. "'A bee, is it?' cried the giant, in a passion. "'Well, then, you shall marry that bee, and Sunbeam's white rabbit shall be your bridesman.' What put Sunbeam's white rabbit into his head just then was more than anyone could imagine. Perhaps it was because Prince had come from the rocks where Sunbeam and her white rabbit had been so fond of going formerly. Marry the pretty little bee I saw today, answered Prince laughing. Well, I ask no better, and I shall be glad to see a white rabbit. The giant stamped his foot and shook his fist, but Prince would not marry the giantess. They were a stubborn family, and the long and the short of it was that the giant said prince should marry the bee, and that prince answered he asked no better. In order to scorn his grandson the more, the giant had a day appointed for the wedding of prince and the bee. He sent out a great many invitations, and they were all accepted, for everyone wanted to see a bee married. The giantess, however, was too much affronted to come. "'though she only pretended to laugh "'and asked if Prince meant to wear the bee in his bonnet. "'The giant also had presents prepared for the bride, "'a gold crown and necklace, "'and wedding clothes made for a good-sized bee. "'The wedding dress was gold brocade, "'as stiff as stiff could be. "'The marriage was to take place up in the rocks, "'and there, on the wedding morning, "'the giant went with Prince, "'who looked very handsome in white satin.' "'and forty fiddlers walked behind them, all playing, "'and as many lords and ladies as could be got together, "'and all so beautifully dressed that every one agreed there "'had never been a wedding so grand as was this. "'Prince walked first, and as soon as he got up in the rocks, "'the little golden bee came towards him and lit on his finger. "'Oh, that is the bee, is it?' said the giant. "'Yes,' answered Prince.' That is the bee. And what white rabbit is that behind you? Asked the giant. The prince turned round and saw a white rabbit in a gold collar and garters. That is my bridesman, he answered. Well then, said the giant, will you marry that bee? Yes, answered prince. I will. And you, bee, will you marry prince? Asked the giant. Yes, answered the bee. I will. And scarcely were the words spoken when Sunbeam appeared before them in the stiff gold brocade dress and with the gold necklace and the crown of gold on her beautiful sunny hair. Everyone was amazed and everyone was glad. The forty fiddlers began to play and Prince took Sunbeam straight home to the castle with the white rabbit walking on his hind legs behind them and a swarm of bees went with them as far as the castle gate "'but would not go in for fear of accidents, "'though Sunbeam, who was grateful for the kindness "'they had shown her so long, pressed them ever so much. "'Thank you, Sunbeam,' said the big bee, "'but our oak tree was too small for you formerly, "'and your castle is too large for us now, "'so goodbye, and come and see us.' "'With which the big bee flew away "'with all the other bees after her. "'The giant was so pleased to have Sunbeam at last,' but he declared he did not care for the giantess and her gold now that he had Sunbeam and her golden hair. Sunbeam agreed to let him look at it as much as he liked, provided he did not put his hands through it. The giant promised that he never would, but made it a condition that the white rabbit should wear his gold collar and garters and dance for him every evening. This the white rabbit agreed to, but he made it a condition that the giant should never have him dished up for supper. When all this was settled the wedding went on quite merrily, and everyone was as good and as happy as everyone could be for ever after, especially Prince and Sunbeam, and Sunbeam never forgot how kind the bees had been to her, but often went to see them with her white rabbit behind her. End of section four